apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner men, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move. Bob and wave, don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter. Punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bring in crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry of curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats, relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Jared Jones. And uh, uh, let's get right into it. UFC 282. Light heavyweight title remains vacant, vacant Jared, uh, as the Jan Blahovich and Magomed and Kailev ends in a draw. This... this Alright, we'll get into the fight, but this whole situation behind this uh, this title, this light heavyweight title. First off, when someone gets injured, when was you know they never strip titles from injuries, especially when you fought in this past year and you won the title in this past year. Look at look at the heavyweight division. Ngannou has a title; he doesn't have a contract. Look at the mess that you haven't stripped him. He, he has the heavyweight as a whole dating back since Stipe. It's been just yearly fights. Why are you taking it from Prohaska in the first place? Then you, you hang uh, Teixeira out to dry. And you have this. And now with this not ending the way you wanted to, 
You're going to have Glover Teixeira against Hill for a, a title that's still Pohaska's. This, I, I don't know. Maybe it is because Nganu has the belt and his contract's up. Maybe Dana's scared like that. But this feels like WWE or like boxing. Just give the belt to whoever. Yep. And let's make some more belts. It's rough. Well, what do you think of the fight, Jared? And what do you think of this situation? The fight itself, uh, kind of a snoozer, like I said, it might be. Uh, back and forth, yeah, kind of a who cares. Um, yeah, but it's like they don't know who's good. I get running into some BS and not knowing who the champ is. But to not know who's good, it's like, okay, the next two line, next two in line are these two guys. Oh, draw? No, then neither one of those guys. It's these two guys. Wait, there's two guys that are none of these four? That should... Okay, so how many do we have here? Seven? All right, you guys are all good. <laughs> well, we need a champion. They fight each other. Yeah, and you've just left it so far in flux that we're lost. We don't know who's good. If Hill wins that fight, which of those five guys does he beat? That one, and that's all we know. Why well, that's not that's not the champ that would just beat everybody else. That's your champion, the guy that would beat everybody else. Ideally, your champion is the best guy there. You've got so so how do you have two guys fight and then two other guys fight and then two other guys fight and tell me that whoever wins that third fight is the champion? What about those other four, five, six guys like you? You've you've mudded it up. They've muddied up the light heavyweight division. This is a mess. Even if you have a winner in this fight, people like you and I still have an argument against it. <laughs> yeah. Even if you get a winner, there's still an argument. Now you didn't get a winner? This is a mess. This is a mess. And now two other guys fight. Neither one. Okay, neither. You guys had a draw, so neither of you is good enough to be champion. That's not fair. That's not right. right. That's not right. Two guys, if I if I get all that way, if I'm Ankalev, right? Bohovic has been there before, let's be fair. But if I'm Ankalev, and I get that shot and end up tied for the title. How do I how do I knock back down to like fourth or fifth? Literally, when that other fight happens, you're gonna be fourth. A draw for the title, and you're ranked fourth. A draw for the title ranks you fourth. It, it- makes no sense. It's like uh, Game of Thrones. There's like 15 different people <laughs> trying to get the throne. Right, and everyone's got uh, some sort of defense. I mean, it, it's oh, in the And I mean, I... I, I want Teixeira versus Joffrey. And until we get that fight, <laughs> I will not rest. Joffrey and Ever. Jake Paul for the heavyweight title. It's uh, I I will say last week uh, talking about this fight, I did say, uh, it sucks that Glover. I I could see Glover Teixeira getting like left out of the title picture completely. It's good to see that happen, but like, man, this is, I I I don't know. I don't know how to explain this situation other than yeah, messy. Like, just messy. Just feels like nothing's going on. But uh, and and granted. It was it's like J-Lo's love life all of a sudden. Wait, who's this guy? You know? Uh, 
Oh my goodness! But she got uh, more belt. Do we, UFC has more belts in that weight class than she has rings in her drawer? This is crazy. <laughs> this is getting crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. But uh, I, I will say, but before we move on, I mean, a lot of people do this the draw. I, I mean, it was, it was a solid fight. Nothing like spectacular. But uh, granted, it, it's very anticlimactic. But uh, I, I, I like a draw. I, I I will I'm I'm always okay with a draw. I wasn't really comfortable with either guy losing that fight. Yeah. You know, it was that close. So yeah. I, while I'm okay with the draw, I'm not okay with what it means for the UFC. You can't have these guys fighting and you know you're pissing on me and telling me it's raining. It's uh you you can't have these two guys fighting for the title and then two other guys and two other two best guys fight and the winner's the champ. Like how did we get that so lost here? We're so lost. Yeah, honestly, what the UFC should have just done is just light heavyweight Grand Prix. Go back to the good old days, Pride. Bellator's been doing it. It's open right now. Yeah, you do it all in the next year. That would have been fun. Perfect. Or or the injured guy who's going to come back and defend his title is the champion and these are just two guys fighting to move their way up the ladder the winner of all the fights that would beat all the other guys that's the champion that's prashka let's stop doing this you've got four other guys fighting for a belt that they that they didn't earn until it's like ali when he went off of the off of the radar and then came back and he's like who's the champion can't be the champion if they didn't beat me how do you not beat me? How am I the best heavyweight boxer on the planet and you're the heavyweight boxing champion and you never beat me? I smell both. <laughs> nope. No, you got to beat me first. So here's a guy with a, with a twisted ankle or a bum knee or, or whatever it is, you know, and you're sitting at home with your title belt watching a bunch of other guys fight for this pseudo belt while you're healing up. It doesn't make sense. Those can just be two guys fighting. Hey, while I'm at it, Boxing, I hope you're listening. It's okay just to have two guys fight to see who the better fighter is. You don't have to give all of them a belt. They don't all need to be the champion. We don't need a trinket for every single fight. Let these two guys fight to find out who's better. And then when you end up in a draw, you have them fight again. Or they fight two other guys and you don't end up with this jambalaya of garbage. Yeah. And, yeah, I think just throw the, the term Grand Prix on it. Uh, Bellator's done it with, I think it was, I don't remember if it was their welterweight or featherweight Grand Prix. They had the champion in it, so every time that they fought, it was a championship fight And uh, when they fought the champion. So, eventually, rather than just waiting for the end of the Grand Prix, Hey, there were a bunch of championship fights within it. So you can do that in the UFC. I love that idea. Expand it a little. Expand your repertoire a little. Don't just if you're uh, yes, if you're stuff. gonna I love, love, love that idea because if you're gonna do this stuff, that's what they should be fighting is a tournament bracket. If you've got four other guys who make sense, yeah, put them in a tournament. Yeah, you got four other guys that make sense. You don't call one the champ and then the other the champ, and let's see who wins the next fight because they'll be the champ too. Yeah, but I I will say, 
for the UFC, d- defending them a little. Granted, this is a giant mess, but these all of these guys, you you can make the argument can be can somehow can be a light heavyweight champion. With the, oh yeah, if I picked any of those four guys and said two years from now that's going to be the undisputed, you'd go all right. I could see Hill or Teixeira or Blahovich or Ankalev or Prohashka. I could see any of those guys really getting there. Yeah. Yeah. But can you say the same, Fair. Jared, about David Avanyansen? If my mouse would work, I would pull up the – there we go. After Terrence Crawford beats him in the sixth. I mean, it, we can. I can go and I could do the normal, uh, hey, Jared, what did you think of the fight? I'm not going to do that here because, I mean, we expected – we all knew what this was going to happen. My question for you, though, Jared, is – does this Terrence Crawford that we saw Saturday night, how does he match up with Spence? And because it's you, how does he match up with your boy Virgil Ortiz? Virgil Ortiz beats this guy. He beats both of them. I That's what's bothered me is I feel like boxing heads aren't talking about this guy enough, and he'll beat both of the guys you're talking about. If you're in the Spence or Crawford corner, this is the boogeyman. This is the guy you're scared of. This is Bud Crawford from four, five, six years ago. This is the guy nobody wants to fight. This is Virgil Hill. This is Vernon Forrest. This is this is Kelly Pavlik. This is the guy you are regularly staying away from on the way up, Diego Corrales, because you don't want any part of it. He hasn't built his TikTok and his name up to status, but his fight game is serious. He will beat Crawford or Spence. Crawford and Spence doing things we expect them to do once a year? Has he fought five times in the last six years? Like, is my math off that this guy fights maybe once a year? It's not enough. It's not enough. And people like to trash Floyd Mayweather taking easy fights and taking a lot of time off. And you look at when he was Terrence Crawford's age, and you'll find a who's who of of Hall of Fame fighters that Floyd was dispatching in in impressive fashion. These guys get to these these ages, the Tank Davises and the and the even Broner, and don't want to make the step because they're going to run into Maidana and they know it. So you've got guys hyped like that that aren't fighting like that. Avanessa Yand, I mean, I mean, we would be pronouncing his name right if he belonged in the ring with Terrence Crawford. <laughs> You remember when Pachia Pachio Pachia Pachio fought and Harold and the guys on the on the mic couldn't pronounce his name. Pachi, they're, they're guy, they're, it's a late replacement. Pachi Pachio Pachio. Look up but pack Manny Pacquiao's first fight. They couldn't pronounce his name. They didn't know who the hell he was. He upsets the other guy and goes on to be Manny Pacquiao. If this guy was anything or going to be anything, he's in his 30s, we'd be able to pronounce his name right. We're boxing heads. Get him out of here. This was never a fight that should have happened. And now I got to wait another year for Terrence Crawford to heal up after he didn't get punched for six rounds? The hell out of here. No thanks. I'm starting to get upset with this dude. I like him. I know it's Joe's guy. I think he can fight. Fight one of these guys at the top of the game because it's getting boring watching you once a year Fight somebody. This is like a bum of the year club. 
I never heard I never heard of that until now, but there it is. Bum of the year, Terrence Crawford. Yeah, I the that is the main takeaway from this fight. When are you going to fight uh Spence? When are you gonna fight well, your boy Ortiz? Like th- th- this isn't fun. Uh I mean uh what was it, the Sean Porter fight? Uh that was okay, but I mean, then he turns around and retires. So, is it really that big of a fight? Not really. At what that was point. the last one? We just had a top of the line guy fight a guy with three losses. Oh, oh. I feel like it was just last weekend. And I went and looked it up, and I saw like there's 14 of the top 14 guys, 11 of them are undefeated. And the guys with losses have like five Ugas, five losses. Oh, yeah. And now you're fighting this other guy with three losses. Like, we are, we already know that you 11 guys can beat those three. All right? Let Ugas breathe. He fought all the best guys and lost. Can some of those best guys he lost to fight each other? It's just not right. It's like, hmm, who should I fight in the top 10? Hey, who's that guy with losses that all those other guys beat? I'll fight him. This is ridiculous. You guys got to fight each other. It's getting boring. I didn't watch this fight. I didn't watch this fight. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. There was a lot going on with the within the fight game, and this is one I just skipped because Terrence Crawford, six-round knockout at minus 1,500. There was no reason to care. <laughs> yeah. I, unless you're a diehard Crawford fan, uh, yeah. I mean – a lot of other stuff going on. Uh, so, so I completely understand that. I I, I watched the highlights. But, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that does it. They, they need to get that fight done uh, ASAP. Him, Spence, just anyone. And it's got to be Bud and Spence. Listen, because Ortiz beats one of these guys, you lose that fight. It becomes yeah. the Joshua um, Wilder conundrum, the Pacquiao Mayweather conundrum. You guys are at the top of the game. You have that big money fight. Go have that big money fight. Ortiz can get the loser or the winner or whatever. As much as I'd like to see Ortiz just chew through both of you in the same night, this guy is walking through people you guys outboxed. Don't pretend you don't see him knocking guys out in the fifth round that you that you went to decision with. Egging guys on and trying to get them to exchange punches that you ran from and outboxed. Yeah. Twisted. <laughs> yeah, the, there's fun to be had here, and that that's just an issue with boxing. Like it's hard. But uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Uh, that's gonna do it for recaps, and we will get into the previews. But first, let's hear a word from one of our sponsors. My name is Roseanne BC, and I'm a certified health coach uh, with the company called Optivia. I'm a coach because I love helping people transform their health and their lives. There's a couple different plans. Um, It's safe for a lot of different people and a lot of different ages um, and places in their lives. I have so many clients that have had such great success, and there's a portion of the program that is you get your health coach you get the products, but you also get a community of people who are there. So we do Zooms every Monday night um, nationwide. And if people want to get more involved with other people on the same journey as them, then they can join in and have that kind of support. The website you can reach me at is sacredrosehealthandwellness.com. And um, you can email me from there or you can book um, a virtual coaching session there. 
where we can get your health assessment started and get you moving in the right direction. All right, tonight on ESPN Plus, we have Jared Cannonier and Sean Strickland meeting in the main event of UFC Fight Night. Starting off, Jared Cannonier, 15 and 6 with 10 KOs and two submissions. He's 5 foot 11 with a 77 and a half inch reach. After getting KO'd in his UFC debut against Sean Jordan, Cannonier rattled off two wins in a row, including a KO over Cyril Asker and a unanimous decision over Ion Kutilaba in his light heavyweight debut. Cannonier found little success at light heavyweight, going two and three while in the division with losses to Glover Teixeira and Jan Blahovich via unanimous decision and a TKO loss to Dominic Reyes. Then Cannonier found the division that suited him best as he moved down again and rattled off three straight wins at middleweight, where he finished David Branch, Anderson Silva, and Jack Hermanson. He then took on former champion Robert Whitaker, which resulted in his victory, which resulted, which resulted in his first loss uh, at middleweight. But then bounced back with a unanimous decision victory over Kelvin Gaslam and a second-round knockout over Derek Brunson that won Cannoneer a title shot. In his most recent fight, he got his first crack at the UFC gold against Israel Adesanya at UFC 276, where Cannoneer was unsuccessful at gaining the gold as Adesanya took the unanimous decision. Now on the other side, we got Sean Strickland, 25 and 4 with 10 knockouts and four submissions. He's six foot one with a 76 inch reach. And after starting his UFC career with two wins at middleweight, Strickland moved down to welterweight with Sham go five and three, with most notably a unanimous decision loss to former champion Kamaru Usman. And then Strickland decided to move back up to middleweight where he went on a five-fight win streak, including a TK over, over Brendan Allen and decision victories over Jack Marshman, Christoph Jotko, Uriah Hall, and Jack Hermanson. However, he suffered his first loss in the UFC at middleweight in his last fight, where he got KO'd by now current champ Alex Pereira in the first round. Jared Maybe if Alex Pereira got injured, this fight would have a title on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who do you see coming out victorious between Cannoneer and Strickland today? Ah, uh, I like Cannoneer. Yeah, I feel like yes, I feel like his uh, his game has evolved. His skill has evolved more than Strickland at this point. Um, I like his last few fights. Uh, what is this? Three, four, five, five, one, five of the last seven. Uh, Branch, Silva, Hermanson lost to Whitaker, beat Gastelum and Brunson, and then lost to Adesanya. Both those losses are decision. And then uh, losses to Teixeira, Blahovich, and Reyes before that, but you got to go back eight, nine, 11 fights um, to find those losses to the guys that are, that are, they've all fought for a championship in the last month, all of those guys. In the last month or two, they, they've all fought for the same title belt somehow. But those are all the guys he took losses to are, are right at the top of the game. Um, whereas Strickland lost two of his last three. No, yeah. he's he, he's been on fire. 
Oh, uh, just Pereira. Okay, this is a grappling yeah, match. Per- but are you putting any of these up up against uh like if you if you did if you look at both of them? What are, are are you are you putting the opposition? I think I think it's easy to say that uh Strickland has had lesser opposition. Uh yeah. Yeah, I, Your... I agree with that. I, I will say the especially the way at Strickland lost his last fight. I think Cannonier can. He, he brings that explosive power. So I think he can push Strickland to, to sleep here. But th- this is weird. You're going with the knockout guy. I'm going with the – I think Strickland brings him to the ground. I think he <laughs> points him. Uh, yeah, I, I I like Strickland to, to get the win here. because That's I, I funny because – the yeah, stylistically, we usually go the other way. Is the champion right now? The only middleweight loss Strickland has in the UFC is the current champion, and I, I think he, he he tried it out at welterweight, but I think a middleweight Strickland is is different. I just can't that you be Brandon Allen, Jack Marshman, Talib, Uriah Hall, a split decision with Hermanson, who by the way got. Stopped in the second round by Cannoneer. And you're lining up those guys against Adesanya, Brunson, Gastelum, Whitaker. No. I, I get that. I understand. No. That. And the common opponent in Hermanson, I mean, those fights are two and a half years apart. Um, Not that it's exactly the same guy, but one of them pounded him out and the other one was a split decision. So, uh, yeah, I'm taking Cannoneer. I just think he'll he'll be a little bit better, and his game will evolve. Will will have evolved a little bit, uh, a little bit more in this fight. Okay, could be I, another snooze fest, but I'm taking it. I, I I will say another reason why I'm picking Strickland here is, I mean, I, I think that's better for the division. Someone else coming up, just a new name that could possibly get thrown in the title situation. Because I mean, I I. I now, even if Pereira does defend it against Adesanya, I don't necessarily know if I want to see Jared Cannonier versus Pereira, you know? It, it, it would be fun, maybe, but I I, I don't know. I, I feel like we've already kind of seen the best of Cannonier. Like, I feel like he had his run. He got to the top, realized he can't get it. So That's lost. just how I feel about Cannonier. Ah, so we've lost five of our last seven fights. Knocked out by Antonio Carlos Jr., knocked out by Thiago Santos, knocked out by Edmund Shazian, and then lost a decision to Sean Strickland. This guy got stopped in three of his last four losses out of five fights. Won twice. Uh, we're talking about Jack Marshman. Somebody that that whole division just runs right through and knocks out. By the looks of his record, lost but by that, stoppage. But that's lost not Strickland. You're the only guy who didn't not. stop him. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's not Strickland's game plan. He's not going for like a finish. He's not like the, the, he just isn't that guy. So it ends up on the ground and they're grinding it out. You don't think Cannonier beats Strickland? That's my argument. If somebody gets knocked out and they trade here, it's Strickland. And if it ends up, if Strickland picked the rules, I still think Cannonier might might be able to beat him at his game, so to speak. Okay. All right. I'm not mad at that take, but I I, I don't think so. I I, I like Strickland's ground game. I think 
I think he gets it. And like I said, like I, I'm also picking this because I want to see him get acclimated to the top of the middleweight division. Because I mean, granted, Pereira's there now and he's established himself. I think just another person in that wouldn't be too bad. But uh, yeah. Uh, it should be a fun one. For sure, but where do you go from there if you're Strickland and the tight end, the champion just knocked you out in the first round? There's nowhere to go. You win that. Yeah, like you've right. got you've got some time to wait. Wait till he has an injury training and they do some kind of pseudo belt that you can wear. <laughs> or say Adesanya wins the rematch. Strickland can if Adesanya gets the belt back, then Strickland has an opportunity, I think. To lose to him, yeah. Yeah, it will be that. Yeah, I don't think either one. These will, are gatekeeper no. guys. Let's be fair; these are gatekeeper guys. Neither one I, of them is going. I on. will say it sucks that Joe isn't here. I will say Strickland though is a better Marvin Vittori though. I will say that. So I think maybe against Adesanya, that's a scarier matchup. Okay, I'll take that. Yeah, but uh, okay. Who's the guy with the hair he likes? I was trying to think of it yesterday. Prohaska. Nah, nah. He's, he's always talking about the guy looking beautiful. He has like eight losses. Oh, Joe's, uh, Joe's Miguel Pereira. No, Miguel, Michelle, 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 Michelle Pereira. That's who Joe looks like with his new haircut. He's not only got a crush <laughs> on the guy, now he's aiming for it with the new dude. I hope you're watching, Joe. I love it. You look great. Yes, Michelle sir. Pereira. Hi. Aguirre. <laughs> uh, all right okay jared how are you gonna make us some money this week if i can pull it up um i don't like a lot of the fights there they're either big numbers back and forth or uh or just too hard to call but this is what i came up with you've got cannoneer and dober i really like dober to overpower bobby green i don't think he'll play the game green wants and i like that pick good numbers on that one um minus 150. unlv in the vikings so you got a college basketball game and nfl football game that's how much i didn't like betting on the fights this weekend <laughs> and two fights in there 20 20 bucks wins you 104 it looks like but it's a it's an over plus 500 parlay and that's what we're doing. All right. I like it. I like it. But uh, all right. That's going to do it for the fights. Uh, big shout out to today's sponsors. And also big shout out to Clovercrest Media for sponsoring today's episode. As always, check out clovercrestmedia.com for more great podcasts, as well as more information about this podcast as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Throwing Jabs. Make sure you're subscribed to YouTube Throwing Jabs Podcast and like us on Facebook uh, Throwing Jabs Podcast. And uh, Jared, going to end the show like we always do, brother. Hit us with that flurry. So over the last few days, uh, we've been working through getting a gym. It is happening. Scrub Scraps is coming. Um, beginner's boxing something I want to open up to the general public. There's not a uh, developmental league for that. You can go play kickball or softball or slow pitch softball or fast pitch softball or wiffle ball or any different version of any other sport, but for some reason, boxing doesn't have that that entry game. Uh, my daughter joined gymnastics and they had like six different levels and they put her on a beginning one that makes sense, but she's a quick teach. 
And it only took a, a couple weeks for her to catch up and surpass what that was. So at one of the shows or events that they had, she won a bunch of medals. Um, we're giving grown men, giving out five belts in the light heavyweight class at the UFC, but we don't have any room for beginners boxing. It doesn't make any sense. Those aren't the guys that need your title belts to, to feel like they've accomplished something. Um, so as I'm thinking about wanting to turn this on to the general public and I'm talking to people that are, that are currently in the game, I'm realizing that a lot of the demographic that Scrub Scraps is going to bring in is already in gyms. And how sad is that? How sad is that? That, that a kid can join any other sport and be on a podium receiving medals two, year, two weeks later, have an event where their family and friends can show up to and cheer for them. But I know a multitude of people in their 20s, 30s, 40s that have been working at this game for years and years and years trying to scratch their way up to the bottom of the ladder so they can do a, sh a show at the bottom of the card in some other state that's going to allow them to actually do it. Um, I got a friend from Scrub Scraps, Roshan. Love that kid. And he's out there killing it. You know, he, he trains every day and he's and he's uh, dealing with an injury right now. But that's just it. Years and years and years to crawl your way up to a spot where you can, you know, fight on the bottom of a card, be, be on a flyer. We have the ability to do all of this stuff and we haven't opened it up to the general public until now. So listening to these guys kind of made me sad. We chose a sport that all the rewards are behind closed doors. For 95, 98% of people in the fight game, all the rewards are behind closed doors. And if we make those rewards available to everybody, if everybody on the planet knew the things that all the people at those gyms know, the world would be a better place. And it's too hard to explain, so I'm gonna show you. <laughs> Thank you. Throwing jabs, always full sand. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand when it comes to fist of cuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got your missing wave, feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand and eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, cause the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.